We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday... Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a Hollywood acceptance speech. I'm so surprised! I had no idea! I'm not even prepared! Um, okay. <clears throat> I'd like to thank the progressive discounts that got me here. Safe driver, multi-car, paid in full, multi-policy. This is just such a big moment. And did I mention that I'm surprised? With all kinds of discounts, Progressive helps you save. Oh, 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 and I want to thank my agent and all my discounts agents because we all have the same agent. Don't start the music! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Discounts not available in all states or situations. And we didn't used to have to reserve the MLS contest, but nowadays we do. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by Mondogold.com, your premier destination for daily fantasy soccer. Head over to mondogold.com and enter promo code ROTO for a 200% bonus on your first deposit. 
And now, here are DJ Trainer and JD Bazo. Welcome in to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is DJ Trainer, and I'll be taking over for Andrew Laird intermittently throughout the rest of the season um, as football NFL starts and Andrew gets a little bit busy with other things here at Rotowire. Uh, but don't worry at all, JD, ba- JD Bazo, sorry, JD, uh, is with me. Skyler's not. Um, how do you feel about this transition between hosts, JD? I'm pretty excited. You know, this is like the Anagram podcast. We have your name and my <laughs> name, just a little flip-flop. Uh, get some get some new blood in here. Skyler does an excellent job. I'm going to miss him this week because, you know, there's some controversial uh, players I know that we would butt some heads about. And Andrew's a great host, but he's very busy, so we're excited Excited to get you on, and before we go any further, I just have to say, the fit or miss article every week with all the injuries is phenomenal, saves me at least an hour of time researching all the injuries myself, and uh, just, a, just a big thanks from all three of us that uh, usually are on the podcast. Oh yeah, no problem at all. Uh, yeah, a lot of, it's definitely a labor of love, I will say, I spend countless hours on Twitter and countless hours reading random articles uh, to keep that thing going. But, yeah, it's a good, you know, MLS is a budding, you know, it's a budding league. Uh, it's got a budding media market, and so it takes a lot of scavenging for those injuries. But uh, I'm glad that some it professionals sure does. like it's... you guys, yeah, I'm glad <laughs> some professionals really appreciate it. It's so hard to, to find any sort of news about some of the MLS injuries and stuff. So, yeah, it's it's definitely difficult. You have to search the Jamaican national team's, uh, <laughs> like, website to see if Elvis Powell, like, just left camp randomly, all kinds of stuff. It's so funny you mentioned that. I was reading, like, the Jamaican Post or, like, the Jamaican Times-Tribune for Elvis Powell information a couple weeks ago when he had that big fit with the national team. Yeah. So that's... So that's happening. Yeah, I was yesterday, or maybe two days ago. <laughs> yeah, well, and Rotowire, you, everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just in case uh, you don't uh, know where to locate the Jamaican Post, just go over to Rotowire. You can check out my fit or miss column, along with uh, JD's, Skyler's, and my rankings, weekly rankings for MLS each week. Um, they're posted there. We do some of the work so you don't have to. And of course, all of the soccer content on Rotowire is free. So check that out. Um, but, J.D., let's just jump right into it. Just a bit of an overview here. Uh, there's one Friday game. There's six on Saturday, and there's two on Sunday. The teams off this week are the Portland Timbers and the Vancouver Whitecaps. Um, but Friday night, let's just jump in. Chicago Fire at the New York Red Bulls. Two teams that, I mean, I could see this game going like a 4-3 or a 4-5 or something like that. Uh, two injury concerns to be aware of. Uh, I Dalton recently underwent core muscle surgery and will be sidelined for six to eight weeks. He had 17 starts on the season, but he hadn't started until July 25th. Roy Miller, only six outings this year, but he'll be out the next six to eight weeks with an MCL sprain. Uh, not really big news there from New York. But what do you think? Do you think that uh, this game is one that could put up eight, nine goals? That's a very Chicago Fire scoreline. So I, I definitely could see it. They have seven goals in their last three games, but they've only won one of their last six. So the Fire definitely aren't a good defensive team, but they've really been picking up the scoring lately. That game this week, I believe, was 4-3 to three in favor of the impact. And uh, Kennedy Igbonanike is a guy that looks fairly unstoppable of late. Um... This game is curious for me because the Red Bulls lost at home to Chicago, I think, 3-2 to two, just two weeks ago. And 
I, I feel like people might go leaning towards the fire, trying to play the fire, but the Red Bulls are one of the best teams of the past couple months. I think they're definitely the front runner in the Eastern Conference, and I'm going to be sticking with my Red Bulls, uh, just classic guys like Bradley Wright Phillips, Lloyd Sam, Sasha Kleshton. I think there's a lot of great great plays on that side of the ball. And um, for the fire, I'm, I'm kind of shying away, but Igbon Anike is definitely a consideration. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at these projected lineups today that I created, and I, you know, for the fire, I have four forwards. It's Gilberto Iguanamike, uh, David Akam, Patrick Niako. I mean, it's all offense there. Like I said, I Dalton hasn't played since July 25th, and they've just been struggling for defenders. Um, I just, you know, I, I really just think it's going to be a slugfest. You've got BWP on the other side, Grella, Kleshin, and uh, Lloyd Sam, you know, and then if you want to go kind of second-tier midfielders for the Red Bulls, you could throw Felipe Martins or Dax McCarty in there. But I, I really don't tend to use Martins or McCarty too often. Do you? No, I I definitely don't. I think if you're going to use um, going to use one, maybe it's Martins on Mondo goal. He, he, he does kind of like to playmaking role now that Sasha Kleshin has kind of come into his own, and he's pushing much further up the field, joining the attack more. And that leaves Martins to play almost like a deep-lying uh, Pirlo-type role. So I, I don't usually play either of them. One guy I, I noticed is back this week, I believe, is Kamar Lawrence, who is one of my favorite uh, fullbacks to play in Daily Fantasy. And I, I while I think this could be high-scoring, I also think the Red Bulls could just dominate and shut Chicago out. So I, I like Kamar Lawrence a lot. He's going to join the attack. Yeah, Kamar Lawrence, injury struggles quite a bit this year. I've definitely, definitely written his name down a few times. But, you know, if he's coming off injury, it doesn't really matter. He's always involved in the attack there. One thing to be aware of, uh, Matt Polster, a lot on Armando Go, I think, is he listed as a midfielder? I think he might I be. I think he is, yes. Yeah, and and he's but he's been sliding back to the back line, and so obviously, um, you know, if you have a defender that's moving up to be a midfielder, there's a lot of value there. I think JD, you might agree with that. But you know, if it's a midfielder shifting back to be a defender, that's something you got to be aware of. Yeah, usually you don't want that at all. Um, Polster Polster's more a guy that you want to think about how he affects everyone else on the field because he's a, a really promising young rookie. He's very solid defensively. But if he has to push into, like, a center back role, he's a little inexperienced there, and uh, that just spells trouble for Chicago's defense. But if he's a defensive midfielder, I mean, that really helps Chicago out, uh, just steady their back line. Uh, Chicago Fire, a.k.a. known as Skyler's favorite team to play on on, on FIFA. Um, real quick before we move <laughs> on to Saturday, <laughs> um, Luis Robles or Sean Johnson, will you be using them in any of your Friday-Saturday slate Mondo goal uh, competitions, or are you just going to shy away? Like You said that, you know, and I can see that too, where the Red Bulls could just shut down Chicago entirely, but I'm a little fearful of using either of those goalkeepers. It, when I started my rankings, you know, I kind of I kind of just go game by game and then shuffle people around as I get players I like ahead of them. So Robles went went way up high in my keeper ranking. Guys came in, and I think he's he's more a mid tier option. I I do like it, but I don't think his price is uh, particularly that good anywhere. And I just see more upside in other matches. Even I mean, there's a lot of good home keepers and even some road keepers like Bill Hamid. Yeah, definitely. And we'll, we'll get to those guys right away here. So let's just jump into the 
The Saturday action, the Columbus crew taking on the Philadelphia Union this Saturday. Um, let's see, game time, 7 p.m. Eastern. So one of those games that often dictates your lineup because you're able to see the, you know, the starters that come out, the official starters. Uh, Christian Maidana still out with suspension for that spitting. He got two, it was two games for spitting on Lee Wynn. Um, not too bad, I thought. Two games, um, take that. A lot of people thought in the media industry thought it would be three. Uh, Gaston Sorrow for the Columbus crew. Uh, started last week, but only lasted seven minutes. He butted heads with Will Trapp. He's going to be out this week uh, with a concussion. Uh, do you see Saro, like, obviously we'll talk about him later when he's actually going to play J.D., but do you think Saro could fit into that back line eventually? We've seen Columbus have lots of troubles, but they've brought in guys like Harrison Afool and um, have really switched things up. And, you know, they might be getting better, but is Saro one of those guys that will help him do that? I think I definitely think Saro can help him. He he seems like uh, he's kind of going to grow into his role, and um, you know the crew have actually been very good at scouting defenders. They brought in uh, Hernan Granada earlier in this season, who got homesick and left for Argentina, but he looked like he was going to be an awesome fullback. Uh, Harrison, a fool, you can already tell is great, and they had Giancarlo Gonzalez um, last season started with them as a center back. He ended up playing great in the World Cup for Costa Rica. I believe he's playing in Spain. He's very quality center back. So I trust Greg Berhalter, who is a defender himself, to go out and scout some good defenders. And I think Saro definitely could end up being a, a good center back for the crew. Um, regardless, no matter how good he is, it's going to take more than one player to shore up that back line. And just the, the style that Columbus plays kind of is a style that it's a more open game when uh, you're playing against the crew, and you're definitely going to have a lot of looks at goal. Um, so I don't know if you ever really want to count on the crew defensively. Yeah, when you're using uh, – you know, since Harrison uh, Afool has stepped in, I think it's Afool. It might be awful, but uh, either Afool or awful doesn't really sound good either way you slice it. Um, but I think it is Afool. Um, he's one of those guys, since he's been a starter, I've been using him in every Mondo goal lineup so far because he's so incredibly active. I mean, he captained the, um, oh, what team was it? Is it Ivory Coast that he plays for? Um, and so he's, you know, he's a big deal over there um, when it comes to international play. He's really shown his worth right off the bat with Columbus. Yeah, I think he, he's awesome. He's going to be in almost all of my lineups when he has a favorable match. And he is so fast. He's definitely one of the fastest fullbacks in the league, maybe players, period. Um, so I, I can't say enough good things that maybe uh, he's not really helping them that much defensively, but it, <laughs> he can't hurt what they had. So. Yeah. Uh, Afool from, from uh, Gambia, or Ghana, Gambia, Ghana. Um, so, yeah, stepping in there quite nicely. Uh, you know, last week we had an odd week where there were lots of teams who still played, but they had half their squad. Columbus was one of the ones that was most deeply affected. Um, they were they lost 3-0 to FC Dallas. So you're going to have a lot of guys coming back into that lineup, though. Kai Kamara, most notably, um, will be back for Columbus, going up against Philadelphia, who also gets Andre Blake back, recently announced goalkeeper. Um, what do, how do you think this one shakes out, J.D.? Are you going to be using Andre Blake? Are you going to be using Steve Clark? And maybe more importantly, have you ever used Steve Clark in a lineup this year? <laughs> yeah, you know, I the crew began the season, and the, often they're my favorite team. So I, I do get sucked into Steve Clark fr quite a bit, um, and particularly when Will Trapp plays. I think he's 
one of the best center defensive midfielders in the league, promising uh, guy on the U.S. national team, Horizon. But it, I'm I'm sticking away from him on this one. I don't like to really bet on Philadelphia in any way. Um, but as you've made known over over the entire course of this podcast, it, this season. it needs to be repeated. And I think you're a, you're going to be a mutual enemy <laughs> of Philadelphia when Kansas City play them in the U.S. Open Cup. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm living in here. I'm living here in KC. I've been uh, fortunate enough to check out all three of their U.S. Open Cup matches. I'm really disappointed I won't be able to see that that final, which will be in Philadelphia. Um, but yeah, I mean they're they're definitely the team I root for. That's fair to say. Everyone's got a favorite team. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, go ahead. I I really like Kansas City as well. Um, and if if we we can get back to that thought later, I think I'm just going to go with uh, some Columbus attackers in this one. I think Kai Kamara is a guy you definitely can envision scoring against Philadelphia. He's one of the best goal scorers in the league. So no matter what his price is on whatever site you play, uh, Kai Kamara is a great bet. So is Ethan Finley, and Federico Higuain has actually been been pretty good lately. So he's he's kind of the intelligent type of player that he doesn't need to be super athletic to to break down Philadelphia. Um, some teams you kind of do have to have to have more power or speed to to beat their back line, but the Union really aren't that opposing. So I, I like all the attacking options, and defensively, I'm probably staying away from everybody. Okay, real quick though, I do have to ask you, um, with Christian Christian Maidana out, I think you might have said last week on the podcast that you were really interested in Tranquillo Bayernetta, Um and let me just say, I know this is my first podcast, I'm going to butcher lots of international names, I apologize in advance, but Barnetta... JD, is this someone who you're still giving a second look at? Uh, I know the forma- formation they ran. He was playing right behind, uh, I think it was CJ Chapong, in more of an offensive role than he's played s- since joining uh, Philadelphia earlier in the year. That's right, and he got an assist against a, a pretty good defense going the whole way across the United States to San Jose. Uh, I, I'm still considering him, but... Like I said, I really respect Will Trapp as a defensive midfielder, and that's kind of who Barnett is going to have to going to have to beat a lot of the time. So I'm not as thrilled this week about him as I was prior. But the Columbus definitely isn't a team that that is certain to shut him down. So he's still cheap almost everywhere. Definitely someone I'll consider, but he's not um, kind of jumping out this week as a value. Okay. Yeah, good to note. I, I I think I do need to give you props because I think you actually called the uh, the Union win over the Earthquakes last week, didn't you? You thought you might they might get caught by surprise. I think you completely nailed that on the head there. I'm glad you brought that up. I I might have bragged. <laughs> I'm, I may have already bragged about that one on Twitter, but uh, but okay, okay. But yeah, you know, you follow MLS long enough, and you know that it's an unpredictable league, and and. That wasn't just an off-the-cuff kind of stab in the dark. Uh, San Jose was missing some of their best, two of their best defensive midfielders, and uh, just a little bit of a depleted lineup, and yeah, maybe a trap game after they had Rich. So I'm kind of curious to see where San Jose goes uh, the rest of the year, but thanks, thanks for the props on that one. Oh yeah, no problem at all. We'll get we'll get into San Jose a little bit later on here, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm here to give you props. That'll be my role. Um, Andrew, for me Andrew doesn't do that quite as much. So I know. <laughs> yeah, I just you gotta fit it in and enjoy it while you can, then JD. 
Um, so moving on to Real Salt Lake taking on Houston in Houston. A couple of injuries to note. Of course, this is a Saturday game taking place at 830 uh, PM Eastern. DeMarcus Beasley is questionable with a calf injury. It's kind of been lingering since he had that uh, international stint with the U.S. team. Not most recently, but a couple times ago. I can't quite remember what that was. Oh, well, it was the uh, was it the Gold Cup? Yes, he was in the Gold Cup. Gold Cup. And then on the other side of things, we have Luke Mulholland, who's pretty much a perennial starter for RSL um, in the midfield there um, for head coach Jeff Kazar and Tony Beltran are both suspended. So my first question to you, J.D., is it time? Is it burrito time? Are we going to see a burrito start? Oh, that's a good question. I, I really hope so because I think he would fit in with the rest of that lineup really well. Um, they're they're building a very exciting offensive team, um, and I think he's definitely someone need to look at. But maybe we want to watch him prove it just a, a little bit more. RSL has been pretty bad lately, even though I I've kind of been championing them for weeks, saying this is their playoff push. They really need to you know round into form, and they're kind of a team with a bite that you you would trust this time of year. But they've lost four of six, um, so I. Outside of Javier Morales, I really have a tough time trusting any of those guys on the road. Yeah, just taking a look, I'm not seeing. Do you see Burrito? It's so. I mean, it's going to be hard to carry on. Burrito's real uh, in full name is Juan Manuel Martinez, but of course, I mean, he's going to be known as Burrito um, for his the duration of his tenure in MLS. I'm taking a look at him on Mondo Go, and I don't think he's quite listed for this upcoming slate he he was recently just added to uh you know added to rsl not that long ago yeah i don't think he's available yet but uh once he is i i don't think his price will be terribly prohibitive right so keep an eye on that yeah definitely something to keep an eye on uh any parting shots in this game i mean houston i mean for the for the season as a whole has been a pretty uninteresting team they're doing subpar as it go, as as far as uh standings go in the m l s um they finally put Cubo into the starting nine, and so you might see Cubo, Will Bruin, and Giles Barnes all start together. But I think that might uh, I think you could make the argument that it actually lessens the value of, of certainly Bruin and Barnes and only moderately inc- increases it uh, for Cubo. Would you agree with that, JD? That they're all playing to- That they're all playing together. Yeah, I mean uh, I hate I hate when people say this, but there's only one soccer ball soccer ball on the field, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I don't think it helps Cubo. I think it would be better if Cubo was the only forward on the field. Um, it it can't hurt Will Bruin because I don't think he's really a guy that can do it all on his own. He, need, he needs some good service from Brad Davis, maybe some guys to take attention away. I'm, I'm definitely not a big fan of Bruins. And um, Giles Barnes, I don't think it, it matters either way. He's He's going to be a game changer regardless. So I I think Houston's only chance of being a a team I care about is if they start all three of them. Um, You're right. They're incredibly boring. The last teams I want to watch. Um, (laughs) Even though I love DeMarcus Beasley, you know, I I don't mind Brad Davis. But the the rest of the team is just dull uh, after the forwards. Um, But they've been getting the job done lately. They've beaten Los Angeles. They took care of business against Vancouver. I mean, those are two of the giants in MLS. So even if they, I don't think they really have too many good results outside of that, they're definitely capable of playing well. 
um, particularly at home where some of the teams aren't used to the, the heat. And um, I, I probably think they take this one against RSL. I just I have a tough time picking anyone from, from Houston that I want to play outside of Giles Barnes. Yeah, one of the things I think, you know, obviously playing for Mondogo, you're trying to win money. But in general, fantasy is supposed to be, you know, fantasy is supposed to be fun. You're supposed to have fun playing these games. And you shouldn't belay, you shouldn't force yourself into a corner playing someone you don't like to play. Uh, winning money on Mondogo is fun when you're doing it, rooting for people you like. And so if you don't like anyone on Houston, as it seems that a lot of people don't, and my apologies for all the Dynamo fans out there, um, but, you know, uh, you know, there's just not a lot of fun, exciting options on Houston, at least this season. Yeah, that said, Giles Barnes is midfield eligible, which is which is <laughs> Okay, awesome. well, that changes everything. That changes everything, yeah. Um, yeah, Barnes is one of those guys where he's usually just below the top tier of forwards or midfielders, and I always have my eye on him. Um, as far as everyone else goes, you know, it's, unless there's a defender that was really cheap on Mondogol, um, I'm usually usually staying away from Houston as, as a team as a whole. Agreed. So, yeah, so we'll go ahead and move on here. Here's an interesting game with lots of flash, lots of flavor for all the wrong reasons. New York City uh, is taking on FC Dallas in Dallas. So Dallas is one of the best teams in MLS this year. And, of course, uh, New York City is one of the most entertaining, not one of the best a couple of the major injury things, and these injuries have been so long running that you guys have already talked on them or talked about them before. Mauro Diaz still dealing with that quad. JD, you infamously said a couple couple weeks ago that they often put him on the bench for a month's time, and they you know they really don't even give a reason why, but they more more so err on the side of caution. And it seems like he has to be considered doubtful going into this week, even though he is training in limited fashion. I think so too. Uh, then moving on, uh, Dan Kennedy, um, he's been dealing, I think it's a knee sprain, but he's been back at training this week. You've had Jesse Gonzalez, though, step up admirably. Last week he got the 3-0 clean sheet over Columbus Crew. It was uh, it was not the, the full starting nine for Columbus, but that still was um, one of the best results you know he's had. Well, he's only had, I think, three starts in his MLS career. Um, he's done pretty well so far. So what do you think about this Dallas side? We'll get to the NYC side, but what do you think so far about the Dallas side going up against an NYC squad who struggled defensively all year long? Uh, well, first of all, I'm all in on Fabian Castillo. He is he's ahead of Kai Kamara and Bradley Wright Phillips in my rankings, uh, way ahead of David Villa. He's, I assume he's going to play coming back from international break. That's That's the first assumption. But he has to be excited after getting the call-up to the Colombian national team, um, playing with guys like Jaimes Rodriguez. So he just has to come back so hyped up, and he's going to get to play one of the best defenses you could ever imagine in MLS history um, at home. I don't know if the, N- uh, the NYCFC defense can handle the heat if, it, uh, if it's oppressive. Um, Pirlo probably won't know what to do with himself. Um, in that kind of weather. Lampard probably might pull his calf muscle. I mean, we're set for a great day from the FC Dallas attack. Unfortunately, I think it's a little bit too late to see the roster before lineup lock, and that's trouble. You never know who's going to start at forward for Dallas lately. You have Blas Perez, Tesho Akindele, David Teixeira, and then there's some other offensive options like uh, Michael Barrios and Rolando Escobar that have kind of appeared lately too. 
So, so it's becoming difficult to pick who's going to play. Um, but I think they just send out their, their best lineup here against NYCFC and take care of business. Yeah, no, I, I think you hit uh, hit a lot of things correctly there, JD, as you often do. Um, one of the most frustrating things for Dallas for me, because I do projected starting nine or starting elevens um, for Rotowire, is is really projecting the Dallas squad. I know that Fabian Castillo is going to be out there when healthy. I know that Victor Aloa is going to be out there, but Aloa gives you no value at all. So that doesn't really help anyone. But you have just a wide range of, of people that can start. And you'd think against that NYC team that has given up so many goals, especially playing on a wider field in a very hot climate, all those aging um, superstars, like you said, uh, could be in trouble there. So so let, let's shift over to NYC. Uh, Poco didn't, didn't get the start. I guess it would be about two weeks ago now. Frank Lampard started uh, last week instead. And, of course, when Lampard starts, you have to have Andrew Jacobson also start because Jacobson handles defensive duties for Lampard. So what do you think? Do you think Poku gets the start in Dallas? Like you said, some of these older guys who have played in England or Italy their entire lives might not be able to deal with this heat. What do you think about Poku? I think he plays because the last time we heard from Jason Christ, or at least the last time I paid attention to manager Jason Christ, <laughs> he was saying he didn't know if his players cared at all, if they wanted to be there. He said, you know, they really have to act like they uh, – I'm really paraphrasing here, but he was just extremely disappointed with the squad. And no, that was right on. That's pretty much right on to what he said. He was disappointed with his entire squad. Didn't really see anybody who wanted to be out there was pretty much what he said. He called every single person out. And you know who wants to be out there? Poku. So, I mean, if he doesn't put Poku out this time, it's on him. I've I've thought it was on him for much of the season because I think he's a little bit overrated uh, as a manager, although a little bit underrated by by the end of this year after the terrible season he's had. But um, you have to play Poku because they need to win every game from here on out if they want to have a shot at the playoffs. Um, I, I don't know who you bench. You're right. You have to play Jacobson because he covers for not only Lampard but for Pirlo as well. Um, so, I mean, it comes down to Mix or McNamara, I guess, is if you're going to play Lampard, if you're going to play Pirlo, which it's kind of strange to bench them when you're in, in crunch time. Uh, so, ultimately, <laughs> I don't think it matters. I think Dallas is going to do that. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be an interesting game. If you have to use anyone from NYCFC, obviously David Villa is still a great choice. He's a class goal scorer. Um, and maybe uh, Angelino, fullback, he can get up the field. Dallas's fullbacks are uh, susceptible at times. Um, but other than that, I, it's got to be Poku or McNamara, whoever plays. Maybe a Lampard dart in a tournament would be, uh, would be good. I mean... It feels like Lampard and Pirlo have to have a couple a couple shining moments before the end of the season to not become a laughing stock. And I mean they're they're still great players, so Yeah, you definitely think they have something in them. I don't think that in Dallas, um, you know, that necessarily is gonna happen. You always run the risk that they're not gonna play the full ninety anyways. Um so 
one thing too about Poku is that on my rankings, you know, if if he plays the full ninety or even eighty minutes, I think he's one of the best midfielder options that there is out there. But just you know, just with a decision, a quick decision of a starting eleven, he's not even out there, and he's almost uh, devoid of value. Now, how about there's been a couple of situations where you have Poku come on for maybe twenty minutes in a game. Do you think, like you said, lineup lock is going to be a little too late here for Mondo goal? Would you consider Poku even in 20 minutes, um, given his price? No, I don't, I don't think I would. His price is extremely cheap, though, isn't it? Like four something, four point seven million on Mondo Gold. Right. Yep. It's four point seven, uh, which is pretty insane. Because since you you just mentioned Castillo, who's on the second page of of uh, when you rank salary in order. Um, and he's still nine point one million. So Poku, there's a lot of value. Of course, if he starts, um, if he doesn't start, then you know it pretty much goes to say the most important stat in fantasy is minutes played. Yeah, definitely. And you actually get points for that on Mondo Goal, albeit uh, I think point zero two points per minute. But those add up. And um, I can't use Poku if I don't know he's going to start, but. Uh, there, there's some other midfielder options that are that cheap that I think could use instead, which is why. I mean, maybe if you really needed the salary relief, I could see it. But you have guys like Air Freiburg for 4.9. Kevin Doyle is midfield eligible, even though he's Colorado's uh, best forward. He's 5.9. So I, I think you just have to have to adjust your lineup. You don't don't need to use Poku as much as I want to. I love that guy. Yeah, he's he's a great. I mean, he's taking the league by storm, and it's it's hilarious to think that he he has less than I think seven starts under his belt so far this season. Yeah, and he played um, the the third division of American soccer last year. Yeah, that's just, <laughs> it's it's unreal. It's unreal when you take a step back and think of it like that. Um, but uh, one last injury note: Jefferson Mena is coming off a leg injury. I know two weeks ago he had to be subbed off the field. He doesn't often start. Um, I know he should be a starter because that's what they brought him in for. But he might be out with injury. Something to keep your eye on. Although JD said that Iri- or that Angelino's the only defender worth taking a look at. Maybe Ariola. What, what do you think about Ariola? That's the last player we'll talk about here for it, this game. I have no problems with him except my expectations were so much higher when the when he first signed for NYCFC. I mean, sure. he he was a daily fantasy option in La Liga. I'd expect to be, um, you know, he would come from La Liga to MLS and just dominate the daily fantasy scoring, get plenty of crosses and whatnot. But he, he kind of just looks lost at times um, cause, because NYCFC doesn't build a consistent attack, so it's really hard for him to, uh, to you know, get take that gamble and get upfield when he doesn't, he doesn't know that his side is going to be safe if he leaves. Um, and Angelino presses so high on the other side that uh, they they both really can't. Yeah, Angelino gets really far up there. I mean, he I mean he turns into uh, you know a forward midfielder at times. They really allow him to sneak up there. Sure, um, it's probably what Manchester City wants him to do. And if he ever goes back to Manchester City, he'll be ready for that role. Um, so let's let's move on here, JD. Uh, let's talk about. Oh my gosh, this game is is not exciting at all. So we'll we'll get through it somehow. DC United 
taking on Colorado in Colorado. Uh, Fabian Espindola has been out for a few weeks now, but I think he's probably had enough time to recover. He had a knee sprain, I think, it, maybe about a month ago. Um, but I think he'll probably start. you got to think he'll start alongside Rolf and Saborio. Is Espindola is a guy that you've been really high on this year, J.D. Were you going to use him this year, uh, uh, or uh, this year, this week against Colorado, a team that can't score, but they actually have a pretty decent defense? They do have a good defense, and I think they'll probably have most of their defenders back. So I I'm, I probably want to see it from Espindola. Just like when he came back earlier this season, I wanted to watch him play first. Um, so, yeah, on the road against Colorado, I'm not jumping in. But what I might do is play uh, Sabarillo, who is going to benefit from Espindola being back, but is also healthy. And the the main reason here is Sabarillo has played with RSL for multiple seasons before the trade Auto or, or um, just two very heated rivals. And Sabarillo always showed up in those games, so he's probably excited to play. Uh, it, it's like a pseudo-rivalry, even though it's not with D.C., <laughs> it's still with Sabarillo himself. And um, it, when he gets motivated, he can bury multiple goals. He's been playing fairly well, um, so I, I definitely like him against a, a younger Colorado backline or group of center backs. Yeah, for what it's worth, um, Colorado's been a bit beat up over the last few weeks, but as of right now, they've they've kind of healed up. I only have Louis Soldnack uh, as the only guy I have on the injury report for Colorado. Um, he's doubtful going into that game. Otherwise, who knows what their starting eleven will be? Um, yeah, there's I mean, there's lots of options. Like you guys have said many times, uh, they're just you know their their price on Mondo goal is low for a reason. Um, but who knows with D.C. United, they have gone into slumps, scoring slumps as well. Would not be the su- surprise to see that 0-0. Last thing I want to ask you about this game, though, J.D., Chris Pontius is back in the mix for D.C. United. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's an interesting fantasy option, but he's only going to be a couple weeks into his return from injury. What do you think about using him this weekend? I actually, Pontius, I seem to use him at, like, completely random times uh, during the season. I, I never say, hey, that's a great matchup for Pontius, because if, if I think that, then I'm likely gravitating towards their forwards more. Um, and if I want to use a D.C. United midfielder, I kind of go with Nick DeLeon, but but Pontius definitely has a lot of scoring ability. He's very good in pretty much all aspects of the game, but just not outstanding at anything. So so I have a tough time using him in general. But this could be a great week. He has hacking options around him. He's not that expensive. And, um, you know, sometimes he does play more of a forward role, as, and he's midfield eligible. So, yeah, I kind of like Pontius. He doesn't get that much love on our podcast, but good, good show. Yeah, uh, 7.3 million on Mondo goal. That might be a little too steep for me. I just can't get over Poku being in the $5 million range. Um, it, it's hard for me to suck it up and pay for anyone who's over five um, when Poku's listed at five. Uh, we'll go ahead and move on, though, um, to L.A. taking on Montreal. This game, of course, is at the StubHub Center in Los Angeles. A couple things to keep in mind. Leonardo for the Galaxy uh, is suspended for this game, although I can openly say that I've never used Leonardo in a lineup uh, <laughs> ever on Mondo Goal. I don't, I don't think I would um, you know, in the future either, but just something to keep in mind. On the impact side of the ball, Lawrence Simon is still suspended. Ignacio Piotti and Didier Drogba came back last week. 
obviously did incredibly well. Uh, JD, what did you think about the hat trick for Drogba? And do you think that's sustainable? Not even three goals, of course, but maybe just a goal every other week for Drogba moving forward as the season comes to an end. I I was really Drogba's game because his first appearance, I think it was about thirty thirty five minutes. Um, it it just didn't look that good. He looked kind of out of the game, a little lost. Um, but this game was completely different. And what I loved about Drogba's goals is they were all like classic Drogba goals. They weren't like <laughs> they weren't like a tap in or like a a smooth silky shot. There was like a lot of brute force involved and a lot of uh, um, guile. I want to say, you know, he's he's a guile's a good word. Yeah, he's a good word to describe. He's an extremely it. smart player, but he's also so powerful that it. It's really hard not to love uh, how Drogba has played the game over his career, and even though he's slowing down, it's it's love how he plays in MLS. So I I don't think he's going to be scoring uh, hat tricks all the time, and maybe that ends up being uh, his his biggest moment in the league. But I I think there's a lot of goals left in him. I just don't think this is the match. Yeah, something to keep in mind. Uh, Drogba's insertion into the starting 11 moved Dominic Oduro to the bench. Oduro was pretty serviceable um, for the last few weeks playing the the foremost striker in Montreal's formation. Um, I will say that when Drogba first made his appearance off the bench, J.D., when you're talking about that 30-minute appearance, uh, they were used together, but it didn't look like that's going to happen maybe, or it didn't happen last week, and I'm not sure that it would happen moving forward. Of course, Ignacio Pati's reinsertion into the starting 11 moved Johan Venegas, a guy I really liked because he was incredibly cheap on Mondo goal. Uh, Venegas actually had international duty, but he'll be back to the bench when he comes back this weekend. So one question I want to ask you, J.D., specifically, what about Justin Mapp? Justin Mapp has been pretty much sidelined with injury for the entire season, but we saw him get a, get a lot of action. He's a left-footed crosser that usually tends to confuse guys when he's coming up along the right-hand side. He got a lot of crosses in last week. What do you think about him with the, with the trio, Piatti, Drogba, and Mapp? I mean, this, this, I don't know if I've ever heard these words out of anyone's mouth, but Justin Mapp is a legend. He's a legend in this league. He, <laughs> he has so many great games under his belt. He's played a ton of games, and he does have a, a very technical left foot. I've heard it called one of the better left foots in the, in the entire league multiple times. And his insertion back into the lineup really creates for a crowded group there because you have Dilly Duca and uh, Andres Romero. You have Piotti, Venegas. Those are all attacking midfield type of guys. Um, but, yeah, I love Justin Mapp. I don't know that he's really – he doesn't really stick out much above for Montreal. Though. That's the only problem. I think the great thing about him is the service you're going to count on him to give Drogba when he's in. Um, you know, great crosser. So if you want to use Drogba, then maybe it's smart to use Map in a little uh, in a little mini stack and hope for an assist. But uh, Map's not a guy that I'm going out of my way to use. He's just a, a player I love to watch. And that was a very gruesome elbow injury. So I'm glad he finally made it back. Yeah, there was a lot of love in the media world, in the MLS media world, when Justin Map came back. He definitely is somewhat of a legend and it's, it's kind of funny to hear the inflection in the voice of the announcers whenever Mapp has the ball they always have like some quirky little fact they like to tell about him when he touches the ball um but yeah so I mean usual is it usual suspects here for Galaxy I mean you've got Robbie Keane you got Giovanni Dos Santos of course 
Um, and really, I think what the question it comes down to is, should I use Yassi Zardes this week or not? Because obviously, you know, if he's starting up front alongside Keane, he's worth the play. But now that he's kicked out wide, um, you know, you're just wondering if he gets enough touches out there uh, to be serviceable on Mondo goal. Yeah, that's a great question because his price is amazing. Uh, he on Mondego is eight and a half million dollars cheaper than who is quite expensive at fifteen million. Um, I I don't know. I I think I'm leaning towards just using Keen as long as I don't have any salary issues. Um, Zardis was just in uh, what turned out to be kind of a t- not great U.S. national team camp. Um, they got completely embarrassed by Brazil. Zardes was subbed out at halftime, I think. Um, so uh, that could be depressing if if you just <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I know they didn't expect to beat Brazil, but you could have at least looked all right. Um, I don't know. It's possible you come back and you're excited to play with this uh, awesome group of players uh, that you get to play against Montreal, a, a much easier opponent than Brazil. Um, Zardes is an option, but once again, he's not really jumping above a lot of the other options I like this week. I love Robbie Keane. I think there's just as good a chance he gets two goals as zero. Um, and Gio Dos Santos is only six and a half million, which is absurd. It's amazing. Um, it's still amazing. If you don't use that guy, then you're just trying to give me your money, give DJ your money, <laughs> and uh, give all 100 of Skyler's lineups your money. Yeah, okay, last question. A guy that you, Skyler, and uh, Andrew seem to love, Ambrose Oyango from Montreal. He was on international duty last week, but he's back. He's usually one of the top-ranked defenders for you guys, but he's going up against an LA Galaxy squad, of course. Um, you know, they can only stop themselves from winning it all this year, but what do you think about Oyango this week? I really don't love him this week, but I'll play a little bit of devil's advocate. Ayango is a guy that definitely sees himself playing on, on a large stage. I think he eventually envisions himself playing in Europe for, for a big club. Um, he didn't even really want to get... Tr- when he got traded by the Red Bulls to Montreal, he didn't even really want to go. And he, I think there is a, there is a big kind of mess with his um, international team. So... I think Oyango might be the kind of guy that really gets excited for this game and maybe pushes up a little extra just to try and make himself seen, make himself known. And he's very good offensively uh, when he has the opportunity. I just, I have a really hard time picking a defender that's playing the Galaxy, no matter how good they are. Yeah, that's certainly the case. Obviously, Oyango can get you um, some offensive stats, um, maybe some assist potential there, but going up against L.A., a team that you think you, you can chalk up at least one goal from every game here on out for them. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll go ahead and move on. At least JD. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a game that's definitely pretty interesting to me. A lot of star power in that game, but two playoff teams. And so it's like unlike NYCFC probably getting too much unwarranted attention, this game has the star power, but still two teams that you know could could be in the playoffs Deep, um, somewhat deep into the playoffs now with Drogba and Piotti coming back healthy. Uh, we'll go ahead and move on. Uh, Seattle Sounders taking on San Jose in San Jose. Like you mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, last week uh, the Union took out San Jose, uh, but that was mostly because they were just depleted at the midfield. Lots of people gone on international duty. You've got pretty much everyone back. One thing I will say, one noticeable absence 
uh, Osvaldo Alonso will be suspended for this game for Seattle. So that's going to open things up for, for, I know, one of your favorite people, uh, Lamar Nagel, to maybe come in and, and stay <laughs> in that starting 11. you got to think Eric Freiberg is still going to be there. Um, but otherwise, what are you looking for in this game? Wow, that's a great question. San Jose's been playing really well when they've had to uh, face Seattle of late. I think the last couple seasons I can remember. Um, so I'm I wanting to get back on track. But the number one thing I'm looking to is Obafemi Martins and Clint Dempsey get to team up again. They're both back. And that's pretty much the most unstoppable pair in the league. Maybe Robbie Keane and um, Gio Dos Santos are kind of making an argument there. But I can't think of anyone else who really would scare me as much as a defense the rest of Seattle literally needs to do nothing, and Oba and Dempsey have <laughs> their probably expected value for goals is like two combined. So it's going to be really tough for San Jose. I, I see Victor Bernardez here is listed as questionable with his hamstring. Um, if he's out, then that gets even scarier for San Jose. Um, on the other side of things, I can see San Jose putting up a goal or two. They're, they're still a little bit frisky in the attack. Yeah, I think, you know, Seattle has a lot of its major players back, but let's not forget that only two and a half weeks ago, three weeks ago, they were completely depleted to the point where they had one one game out of six MLS games. Um, so they're still resurging back. Now, let me ask you the question, J.D., um, if you had to choose one, and I'm sure many people will be in this position just because of salary limits, um, if you had to choose one for the remainder of the season, would it be Dempsey or would it be Martins? It would be Martins. I think he's a better pure goal scorer. Dempsey is better at setting Martins up. Uh, when Dempsey scores, it's often because Obafemi Martins did a lot of the hard lifting. Perhaps that's a, a controversial statement, but uh, I, I like to think it's true. It, it just feels like when you watch the game, Obafemi Martins is twice as exciting as Clint Dempsey. Um, he's fat, dynamic, everything you want in a fantasy forward, in a real-life forward. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely Martins. I hope that Clint Dempsey's price just keeps going up now that he's healthy and Martins stays the same um, because I will definitely be targeting him far more often. Clint Dempsey, $16.8 million, the most expensive player on Mondo Goal this weekend. Obafemi Martins, $14.3 million. Uh, a lot of times you guys are left over, you know, have a couple million dollars left over, so in most cases, you'll have the option to choose one or the other. Um, but, you know, do you recommend taking to stacking those guys at all? I mean, obviously, you said they could get uh, a couple of goals combined, maybe for once for the rest of the season. But what do you think about stacking those guys instead of getting, say, a Martins and a Keane? Oh, that's a great question. I, I think stacking them is always an option, definitely. But on the road in San Jose... Um, it, it's still a great option, just not my favorite. And I, I will say this, maybe I'm not the best person to ask. I'm usually, I usually stack players less than, uh, than I know Skyler and probably Andrew do. Um, I, I just like to spread it out because I, I don't want the guy that gets the assist on someone's goal, the guy in a different game that also gets his own goal. Um, that's kind of my line of thinking. It doesn't always work. But when you have Kai Kamara, Fabian Castillo, Bradley Wright Phillips, Robbie Keane, all of them have really good matchups, um, so I don't see why you need to spend two of your three forward spots on Mondo Goal on Sounders. That said, there's been probably a dozen games over the last calendar year where stacking them would have won you a tournament fairly easily. So, 
I don't know. I mean, it's going to work out a couple times if you in every ten weeks or so, but it, it's not something I'm particularly keen on this week. With Keen, with Kamara, Castillo, Wright Phillips, I mean, it, there's just too many good options. Okay, last question on Seattle. This, of course, is the last Saturday game of the weekend. Nelson Valdez, he had been slipping into that uh, one of those striker positions uh, for head coach Siggy Smith's uh, formation there in Seattle. But you got to think with Dempsey back, with Martins healthy, what's the role of Valdez on this team moving forward for Seattle, a guy they brought in uh, midseason to be a goal-scoring presence when they were desperate for goal scorers back when they had a lot of injuries? I think they see him playing on the wing eventually, um, and that's probably where he's going to be pushed towards now unless they want to just bring him on later in the game as a, a third striker. Um, so they also could back a little bit, but I don't see that happening. I think Valdez eventually just ends up being a, a good winger that can kind of use his speed to get around the, the fullbacks. Um, I, I don't really know if he's a great crosser. I haven't noticed that myself, but I he's a good player, and he has a, a good pedigree, so... I think he's really going to help the team, but he's not a guy I'm looking towards until he he jumps out at me as a guy that can produce alongside Martins and Dempsey. I don't know if there's enough to go around for three good forwards. Yeah, that's that's certainly something, you know, if Val, Valdez was on another team or one of those guys was out for whatever reason, he's worth a look at $5.1 million. Um, but there's just, uh, you know, not enough touches to go around for Valdez, it seems like. Um, so that does it for the Saturday slate games. Of course, me and JD have been talking about Mondogold.com, and, and you can head over there, too, to Mondogold.com to get involved. They have thousands in cash up for grabs in daily and weekly fantasy contests for the Premier League, MLS, the MLS we love, of course, La Liga, Serie A, Champions League, and other top tournaments around the world. They even have a unique global. Um, they even have unique global contests where you combine players from different different leagues and build the ultimate dream team. This isn't your run-of-the-mill daily site that you see popping up every week. MondoGold.com is dedicated exclusively to soccer. That's one of the reasons why me and JD love it so much. And they're the official partners of Chelsea, Liverpool, Barcelona, and other top clubs around the world. Like I said, we play every week, and it's a great addition to the season-long games that we play. Come join us. Go to MondoGold.com, enter promo code ROTO for a 200% bonus on your first deposit, and turn your fantasy manager skills into cash at the premier destination for fantasy soccer, MondoGoal.com. So let's just go ahead, jump right into it, the Sunday slate, J.D., uh, revolution at Toronto this Sunday. Colin Warner will be suspended. He was getting some run in that starting 11. Uh, hang on here. Hang on to your hat for all these injuries for Toronto. Ben Washeru dealing with a heel injury. Jackson a quad. Nick Haglin knee injury. Daniel Lovitz a foot. Damian Perkis a quad injury. Justin Morrow is considered probable coming off paternity leave. But all those really pale in comparison. Stack them up any way you want to. Sebastian Giovinco is questionable with an adductor injury, J.D. Yeah, that's not uh, not ideal at all. Um, realistically, they should just let him get healthy. And, uh, it would be a real shame if he aggravated it further um, and we, we missed out on Giovinco as the season winds down. Um, but I think regardless, New England's going to give him a run for their money, whether Javinko plays or not. Um, New England's have been playing really well lately. 
Uh, it's not really that far of a, of a trip to go to Toronto, so I don't know how much the road factor is going to play a part. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think Toronto is still a susceptible team defensively. While it's hard to pick a forward for New England, New England like Charlie Davies, I think a guy like Lee Wynn could uh, continue to thrive. Uh, Chris Tierney at fullback just had a monster week last weekend. Um, I, you weren't in the money if you didn't use Chris Tierney. He had so many points on any site you uh, you could have played on, except my, maybe sites that only score on uh, not good things. So <laughs> I, this one's tough for me, and I haven't looked too hard at the Sunday slate yet. So maybe that, maybe that's why. But I, I really see this one going either way, and I don't see anybody just piling on the, the points. It just seems a goal, win has an assist, maybe uh, Bradley gets a goal. And so, yeah, I, I don't see, like, a, a big multi-goal game. And it, this game doesn't get me as excited for fantasy as some of the earlier ones. Yeah, let me just go ahead and, and lay it all out on the table here for Sunday. We have the Revolution in Toronto playing, and then we also have Sporting KC at Orlando City. So just keeping that in mind, but let's let's jump back to the Revolution-Toronto game. Uh, Lee Wynn listed at $15 million even on Mondogol. Giovinco is at $13.4 million. you got to wonder if that adductor injury has something to do with it. I mean, it, it does, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, most definitely. So Benny Fellhaber is coming in at 11.1 million, and then Michael Bradley 10.7 million. Michael Bradley's been playing a little bit more farther up in the formation. We've seen um, a little more offensive production, some assist opportunities. I think you mentioned it a couple weeks ago that that was a nice and pleasant surprise uh, for Michael Bradley playing a little farther up in the formation. Yeah, that's another pat on the back. I've been touting Bradley for for quite some time, and he he's been playing. <laughs> Out of this world, he's been playing so well. Um, he even looked not atrocious against Brazil. He probably, without him, we would have looked much worse, I think. So Bradley's definitely right up there in terms of the top plays for, for the Sunday slate. Yeah, that's something that it seems to be said quite often, that everyone was terrible, but Bradley was solid, and he was the saving grace of a of a 4-1 defeat or a 4-0 defeat or whatever it was um, this past week. So l- let's just go ahead and, and focus on two players that we really haven't talked about this season, the first of which, Hercules Gomez. Do you think that he could see the start and be serviceable for Sebastian Giovinco if Giovinco is ruled out? Yeah, I think Hercules Gomez is still a good player. He might have slowed down the step, but uh, talk about a guy with some guile. That's Hercules Gomez. <laughs> um, and. I do unfortunately think New England's defense is kind of built pretty, excuse me, pretty well to stop him. Um, but if he plays instead of Jovinko, I think you have to consider him in a little stack with Bradley. I mean, it's a Sunday slate, so you, you have to stack some people, and and that's not a bad option at all. And neither would be any of the the Toronto forwards. Luke, um, I think Finley got the start last week as well, so. Yeah, they're all very cheap, and um, there's been times this year when New England's defense has been uh, pretty awful. So even though they're rounding into form, I think they could definitely go back the other way uh, at the flip of a switch. Yeah, the other guy I wanted to talk about, but now that I'm looking at it, it looks like his price has jumped up a little bit, was Josh Williams. Uh, he's a, you know, he, he plays in the backfield for Toronto. He started out at NYC this year. 
got cut, got waived, and moved over to, uh, to Toronto. He's fit in seamlessly to their back line. He's benefited from a couple, I think, clean sheets. He scored at least five points on Mondo go the last three weeks, which really isn't too bad considering how cheap he was, but his value did bump up to $6.1 million. Obviously, he's not going to do much in the way of offensive production, um, but thought I'd bring him up if, if a few people were have been using him the last few weeks just based on the fact that he's been so cheap. Yeah, there's nothing like rostering a NYCFC cast-off. Yeah, it, it's one of the greatest feelings of the, in the world, really. <laughs> um, so let's just go ahead and finish this thing strong, J.D. Uh, Orlando City taking on... Hey, nobody says that, by the way. No one says Orlando City. I say it. Orlando City, SC, taking on SKC, Sporting Kansas City in Orlando. Most notably here, Kaká picked up a leg injury during international duty, and he actually is considered doubtful for this game. Now, Orlando already struggles as it is. They're going to get Kyle Lahren back in the lineup. But what do you think from SKC? One, one important thing to remember, though, before you answer, is that they played in Portland on Wednesday. They traveled all day today, when we're taping this on Thursday, to get to Orlando. About as long as a trip as you could possibly have. Do you think that has any effect? Or do you think that the Orlando defense is just so bad that you might use quite a few KC players? I think uh, Sporting Kansas City is the number one team you want to use this week. I don't care if they're on the road. They've been one of the best teams in uh, in MLS this season. So, yeah, it doesn't scare me too much. I know they, they did have a, a tough game up in Portland, but a huge concern. But Kaká uh, missing, if he does miss the Orlando City match, uh, that's terrible for them. It, they're really falling as fast as NYCFC has fallen. Um and their season is quickly becoming a lost cause, um, which which is unfortunate to say because early in the year they were a very exciting team to watch. Um, and they need all the help they can get. I just don't see it coming together for them. And I, I see SKC really, I've said this for I think three, two or three games now, getting back on track. Um, one thing to note is if Amobi Akugo can play, this is a revenge game after Orlando City <laughs> recently traded them. And he's not offensive at all, but I just like to bring up the revenge games because they're fun. Yeah, there's nothing like a, a good revenge game. I will say, and like you mentioned, J.D., we, we have a little bit of a closer eye on Sporting Kansas City because they're one of our more favorite teams that we like to follow. But uh, if you have been following them, you notice that Akugo really hasn't played that much, and when he has, he's performed pretty bad. Um, one thing to note that they're getting, they are getting back online, but I think that's because Sony Mustavar came back against Portland, and you have that you know, that allows Phil Hubbard to move further up in the formation. And really, Mustavar is one of those guys that's all over the field. He's he's a glue guy. He's not a great fantasy guy, but he does wonders for them as a, for team cohesion. And so he's back, and I think that might propel them into a role where they're they might exert that dominance almost immediately. We saw you know a good draw uh, on Wednesday against Portland, and I and I got to think that they'll be back on track in Orlando. Yeah, that that's a great um, great comment there. Musavar is a is an awesome kind of defensive glue guy, um, kind of like a Victor Ujoa for Dallas. But once they get Roger Espinosa back too, talk about another awesome glue guy. Um, who who also has his fair share of uh, of good shots outside the box, you know, playmaking opportunities. Uh, favorite teams as well for for the MLS Cup. I think they're really going to round into form. They really haven't had a fully healthy uh, like Zusi, Failhaber, Dwyer, Espinoza all at the same time. 
this season. Right. It's going to be really exciting to watch. And uh, Dom Dwyer has to be perhaps the top play on the whole slate. Yeah, he's been a little disappointing of late, but, I mean, he's still going to have those opportunities. You mentioned those top guys, Christian Nemeth, Dom Dwyer, uh, Benny Felhaber, and Zuzi. Um, with Espinosa out, you've been, they've been inserting Paulo Nagamura as one guy. Jacob Peterson is another guy. Mikey Lopez, who's really not a great option, has, has filled in in that role. Um, but either way, Espinosa seems to have the most value, although I guess, you know, you can, you can shame me considering Nagamira had one of the best games, <laughs> in, individual performances this season. That the U, was that the U.S. Open Cup match, or am I getting that mixed up? No, that was that was not the it U.S. Was the Open comeback. Cup match. It was some kind of big comeback, right, against Vancouver. It was. Against, yeah, it was, yeah. It was a 4-3 game when they were down, I think, maybe 3-1 in the last five minutes of the game. Yeah. Or something just absolutely insane. Yeah, that was an awesome game. Unfortunately, I didn't get to watch too much of it in real time. I think it was the same day as Philadelphia-Chicago's barn burner, where there were <laughs> there were like two goals in the final three minutes in that one, too. So that that was one of the best MLS weekends of the season. Uh, probably yeah. the highlight of, I guess it's Philad- Philadelphia won. I I forget who won. I think Philadelphia won, but probably the highlight yeah. of their year. It's vaguely familiar to me, but I, I do remember that being a great uh, great weekend. Um, just a few injury things to keep in mind. Darwin Seren also picked up an undisclosed in- injury while away on international duty this past week. Corey Ash has an undisclosed injury as well. I know that's a guy that both me and J.D. have ranked on our rankings quite a bit as a defender. He may not even play. Breck Shea is considered questionable with a groin injury. Seb Hines also undisclosed injury there for Orlando. Um, looking at Kansas City, last night, which would have been Wednesday, uh, Saeed Abdul-Salam picked up a lower leg injury, and also Jacob Peterson picked up an undisclosed injury. Now, being that Kansas City has rotated a lot of their defensive back line, I wouldn't be surprised if Abdul-Salam just was not even played Saturday or Sunday. Uh, would that surprise you at all, J.D.? No, especially now that uh, Seth Sinovich is back. I, I have such a hard time predicting Kansas City's back line, and I always get it wrong. So don't don't take my word for it. But, uh, yeah, Marcel de Jong is probably going to be back from international break. I don't know if he's lined up there in months. Um, he's more He lined up on the offensive wing a couple times, but not the defensive. Yeah, de Jong is definitely a good one. He was away on international duty with Canada. But you know who made an appearance last last night, J.D., that I think um, a guy that you love, a guy that Skyler loves, that we all really like a lot, Jaleel Anibaba came back. Um, and he actually subbed on for Salam last night. And so if he somehow gets the start against Orlando, he's a guy I will be fitting in all my lineups um, you know, even you know, even uh, even if crosses aren't counted, there's a lot of assist po- possibility there for Anibaba. Yeah, that's a great call. I didn't realize that he he got in the game last night. Another one that I unfortunately couldn't watch too much of, but uh, that's great news for Kansas City, and, and they're really proving to be a deep team with all they have there. Yeah, they most definitely are. Okay, JD, we're we're uh, rounding into home real quick. I know that you created a Mondo goal lineup as you often do each week. Um, We'll just finish out, if you don't mind, if you just want to go over your lineup, and I'll tell you how awesome it's going to be or how terrible (laughs) it's going to be, and then uh, we'll close up shop here. 
All right, let's uh, let's take a look. I guess you didn't make one, unfortunately, but that that's all right. I'll I'll go. With you know what? I was just I was just so nervous hosting this for the first time. Um, you know, I just I just didn't have time to do it. But uh, don't worry, I'll, I'll critique your lineup just like I was doing my own for next week. I expect. Yep, yep, I'll, I, okay, sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. Awesome. Okay, so this this kind of I didn't really have a particular strategy for this lineup other than just get a bunch of great players. It worked out that I could fit them all in. So let's start up top, which is the the most important. These are three forwards I really want this week. I have Robbie Keane, I have Kai Kamara, and I have Fabian Castillo. Um, no, notable absences are the the Sounders forwards. So in the midfield, I grabbed Eric Freiberg. He's only 4.9, very good assists to those uh, the aforementioned dynamic forwards. Uh, I also have Gio Dos Santos. Like I said, it's impossible to, to not play him when he's only 6.5 million. He should be one of the highest-priced players. Um, maybe maybe that'll catch up by the end of the year, but, but who knows. I have Giles Barnes. He's a forward, but he's midfield-eligible, just 9 million. And then I went with Javier Morales. Uh, he's just a guy I always try and squeeze into my lineup. He's so good. He's on him very heavily. And he's one of the biggest set-piece threats in the league. So those are my four midfielders. In defense, I really didn't get the opportunity to stack anybody. Um, so I just went with Tyrone Mears, one of the better, more technical, um, better attacking fullbacks in the game for Seattle. He's a little bit expensive, but I had the extra cash. I went with uh, Harrison Awful for Columbus. We talked about him a lot earlier, 6.1. And I went with Sean Franklin, uh, another good attacking fullback. Gets a lot of action throwing the crosses into the box. And he gets to play Colorado, who, who definitely aren't the best uh, attacking team at all. But then in goal, I went with none of those, none of those defenders' uh, respective keepers. I took Donovan Ricketts. I... I just see Montreal having a, a lot of difficulty with Los Angeles. So I like Ricketts. He was one of the cheaper uh, starting keepers you could pick from. And I still have $2.3 million left that I haven't decided how I'm going to use. So, Yeah, there's – you know, I think it's it's almost underrated um, to have uh, – you guys have talked about this, so I won't labor on it too much. You, you can have leftover money. It's, it's, it's totally fine. You don't need to. I know when I first started out in fantasy, what I was really most involved in at the beginning was basketball. And I would make it a point to not have any money left over every single time I played every night. It was just a poor strategy. It's, it's okay to have money left over. Obviously, if you've got you know $10 million left over, there might be a hole in your lineup. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I want to stick on the Ricketts thing because we, we really didn't discuss goalies too much, and rightly so. Um, so, so basically, you're slapping the face of Drogba, Justin Mapp, the legend of MLS, and Ignacio Piotti. You don't, Piotti, you don't think that uh, those those three trio, that three trio, can uh, combine for a goal and kind of take Ricketts out of contention for the for one of the better plays this weekend? I I really don't. I I know that Montreal is kind of like the in vogue team. But it, they are very involved. But, yep. but just being on the road against the best team, who's putting up like five goals a game, I think they're going to be completely overwhelmed. Uh, Justin Mapp, his fitness can't possibly be where it needs to be. Uh, Piotti's not like a great defender. Drogba is going to hardly give you any any good pressure uh, defensively. So, and Saman is out. I mean. So I just don't see Montreal keeping possession. They're going to be a very counterattacking team, 
And Los Angeles is they're coached by one of the geniuses of MLS, kind of like the MLS is. Big. So I don't see him letting Montreal take advantage on the counterattack. Drogba isn't a counterattacking type of player these days. He's not very fast. So I, it just all combines for a little bit of a mess. And I, I just like Los Angeles to really pull ahead. That said, if you can afford Bill Hamid, I think he's like $9 million on Mondo Goal. I'd probably go with him. And uh, Jesse Gonzalez is another guy I think you have to consider. Yeah, Jesse Gonzalez, like I said, though, Dan Kennedy is questionable. There's a possibility that he will return in net for Dallas. So just be on the lookout for that. You can always check Rotowire's confirmed lineups. Um, usually lineups come out about an hour before, although sometimes it's 45 to an hour. Just check there. Um, Bill Hamid, J.D., will be my number one goalkeeper this coming week. I usually stick to whoever Colorado is playing because every time I watch one of their games, it's like they, you know, they just they struggle so much to score and they err on the side of parking the bus that I just I usually you know go with whoever they're facing in net. And Bill Hamid, you don't need to you don't need to ask me twice to use him as it is to start with. Uh, he is nine point eight million. It looks like um, wow. And he's yeah, he's by far the most expensive because you look at David Bingham. And, of course, this is just the Friday-Saturday slate for Mondo Goal. He's 8.3, so you've got $1.5 million from number one to number two there. Wow, that's maybe the most expensive I've ever seen a keeper on Mondo Goal. And yeah, I mean, based on my logic, I think it's rightly so. So you definitely have to spend up for that. You got to think that maybe it isn't worth it. Maybe the differential between Bill Hamid, especially if he accidentally lets one slip um, between a Donovan Ricketts, can't be that much, especially worth the price. Well, Bill Hamid doesn't really let one slip. I don't. I can't remember <laughs> the last time I saw Bill Hamid uh, make t- too many mistakes. But uh, if you can afford it, definitely. Definitely Bill Hamid, and that's kind of like paying up for a differential, which is perhaps the number one uh, thing I like to do in Daily Fantasy. Yeah, for sure. All right, J.D., any lasting shots you'd like to take at uh, at Skyler or Andrew since uh, they're not here to defend themselves? I, they just better watch out for their job because DJ did, did an awesome work today, and I'm excited for maybe a day when we have all four on at once. That'll be awesome. Oh man, who knows? Nobody will get a word in edgewise. That'll be that'll be quite quite interesting. Maybe I'll just pipe in with uh, just an injury report before every game, and that'll be the extent of of what I what I say. Sure. Well, um, just for me to you, great great work today. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for filling in. Andrew is is quite a busy soccer editor and NFL uh, contributor on RotoWire. So it's great to have so many so many talented and uh, friendly people around you're, here you're, the podcast you're too, you're too kind jd I, I do appreciate it i will say i've been a fan of this podcast um uh, all season long so it's it's almost surreal i don't know if surreal is the appropriate <laughs> word to use uh to actually be talking to you and uh doing this thing live but i really appreciated it um next week uh i will be back you will be back and we're assuming that skyler will be back and so uh don't worry you'll get your christian or Chris Wondolowski fix in next week. Uh, but for JD, my name again is DJ Trainer. You can find us on Twitter. You can find me at DJ underscore Trainer. JD, where can they find you at? I'm at DFS MLS. All right. We are here and willing to help. Shoot us some questions. Let us know how bad I did for my first podcast. Whatever you want, we're there for you. Be sure to check out rotowire.com slash soccer for projected lineups 
For confirmed lineups, uh, both of our rankings will be there along with Skyler's and my fit or miss article, um, which Andrew says, uh, don't construct a lineup without consulting that article. Those are his words, not mine. But regardless, thanks so much for having me. We'll be back next week. And as always, good luck this week, this weekend, J.D. Yeah, good luck, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.